0: Welcome back to the Darwinian Times, Survival of the Nimblest, a podcast by Ularity. I'm Mary Hanula, the Director of Marketing, and I'm so happy you're here. This podcast is the intersection of marketing and tech, bringing you exclusive insights and conversations with some of the world's most revolutionary leaders. We talk all things automation, innovation, and even lifestyle. We're big on balancing brilliance and also being authentic. I'm guessing if you're here, then you're probably on the same wavelength too. So sit back, relax, and get inspired. Talk soon. I'm going to welcome everyone back to the podcast and introduce today's guest. Her name is Jennifer Lobianco, and she is the Chief Marketing Officer of Best Life Brands. Jennifer, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: We're so happy to have you here. I've been waiting to have this interview. I love your energy and I love what you're doing at Best Life. Can you tell the audience a little bit about what Best Life Brands is?
1: Yes, thank you so much. So, Best Life Brands is a family of companies that's dedicated to servicing seniors on the continuum of care. So, what does that mean? So, we have four distinct brands um, that focus on different services when it comes to senior care, and that is Comfort Care, which is at home caregivers we place. We have Boost Home Healthcare, which provides skilled nursing. We have Blue Moon Estate Sales, which helps with liquidation services and estate sales. And we have Care Patrol, which focuses on senior care services. So we have senior care advisors that help people when they're determining the assisted living facilities that they might want to explore. So that's the suite of services and all the different brands that I have the luxury of working on. That's awesome. And I think it's
0: such a great set of brands, especially with the missions that they all have. Can you expand a little bit further on the missions?
1: Yes. The mission for Best Life Brands is to help everyone live their best life possible. So it's really about helping people meet them at where they are in their life. So if they're getting ready to move and whether they they could just be downsizing or moving on to the next chapter of their life in terms of moving into an assisted living facility and they need help with an estate sale so we're there for that time of their life period. If they've just come out of the hospital and they might need someone to come to their home to help with some of their services when it comes to skilled nursing, we can provide those services. So there's all different times of someone's life, especially when they're aging, that they might need our help. And within our suite of services here at Best Life, we try to be there when they need us.
0: I think that's a really good point that you made and not a lot of people, including myself, think of. The fact that Someone could be in a different stage of their journey, whether that's coming out from the hospital or they're having an estate sale, because I think we have this assumption as a society that aging in place and having to have this care happens at one specific time for one specific need, and that's just not true.
1: Yeah, for sure. And, you know, you think of something like, you know, you reach a certain point of time in your life and you're going to need caregivers more than others, but that isn't necessarily an age that could be when you're in your fifties. And again, you're coming home from the hospital and you just need extra care, or it could be, you know, we're looking at baby boomers right now. And in a couple of years, baby boomers are starting to turn 80. So there'll be more, you know people in their 80s and ever before. Um, So we'll have that population that we need to serve. But again, it's not necessarily based on age, it's based on the time of your life where you might find yourself um, in need of services. Like I mentioned before, like Blue Moon estate sales, you don't just need estate sales services when you're moving into an assisted living facilities or unfortunately if someone passed away um, and you're selling the home of a family member, but you could just be downsizing and moving to another part of the country. So we like to be there again when someone is in need of our services, but it really all depends on their situation.
0: I think that's great. And I think it's really important also to obviously market the idea that no matter what age you are, you could have something really detrimental that's going on. And so it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to ask one of these amazing brands for that help.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely for sure. It's, um, you know, one of the most unique things is getting the help, again, when you need it, and you might not even know that services exist. So one of our brands, Care Patrol, which, you know, I didn't even know this type of service existed before I became part of the company a year and a half ago, um, Senior Care Advisors. Um, and a Senior Care Advisor is someone that meets with you and your family and really discusses your needs in terms of, again, potentially moving into an assisted living facility. But they don't just look at things like your, you know, medical state and you know longevity. But they also look at your financials. Um, they also look at things that are important to you personally. What you know type of environment might you want to be a part of? If you know a loved one has dementia, they might need a memory care facility. So they really come in um, at no cost and they help consult and advise and learn more about your situation and get to know you personally. And I find that a really interesting and valuable service that we provide.
0: I think so, too. And it always brings back to the fact that there's so many genuine relationships that are made in this process as well. And I think that's it's really profound to be able to trust people that are outside of yourself and your family in these types of close quarter decisions. And it's a testament to how the brands work and how well your employees really handle their services.
1: Yes. Great point. Great point. My, um, my mother right now has dementia and we've been uh, dealing with that for the past few years and really getting to understand the needs of someone in that situation, as well as the family members. Um, My father currently is her, you know, 24 seven caregiver, but we have hired caregivers that come in to help during the week part time. And I get to see that firsthand and that is an amazing service. Um, It's, Something that, you know, I I had never realized what went into it. And, you know, our franchisees at at Comfort Care provide these services to thousands of people across the country. And the caregivers are are a special group of people for sure.
0: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that personal tidbit as well. Another question that I have for you is with multiple brands across hundreds of locations, how do you handle the marketing for them?
1: Yeah. So one word answer would be carefully. (laughs) So, yeah, it, it's it's a unique challenge that I love. I love having um, the idea of having multi-brands. You really look at them very individually, even though, you know, we're part of the same parent company, Best Life Brands and the family of brands. There are some cross-promotional opportunities. There are definitely times where a franchisee refer business to one another, which is really nice, since they are all servicing similar types of customers. But um, as the head of marketing here, I really look at the brands in terms of their mission and strategies very separately to make sure that they have not only distinct budgets and investments, um, but they're advertising all of their marketing programs, our individual Um, and separated because it's important. They have different target audiences. They have, you know, specific type of media plans that we run. They also have different programs and campaigns for one of our brands. We're running a podcast um, for Care Patrol, which is a very educational and resourceful type program to give families the opportunity to learn more about Different types of things like dementia care, um, the difference between assisted living and other type of assisted living facilities, and it's important for us to again meet them where they are and provide education for that brand. You know, for another brand like Blue Moon, we provide real estate and referral marketing services and playbooks to our franchisees because real estate agents are their number one referral source. So each brand has a unique set of needs and we have to develop strategies specifically for them. So we have a lot of things running at the same time in terms of marketing campaigns and and the metrics that we have to analyze to make sure they're successful. Um, At the same time, I'm in charge of franchise development. So I'm doing franchise and brand marketing, but also franchise development marketing. So I work closely with the sales team, driving leads and making sure that they have qualified leads so they can help find the right people to fulfill our mission and to become the next franchisees for the brand. So it's a fun a fun and challenging role for sure.
0: That's definitely fun and challenging. And I think I love the one word answer very carefully too, because I think it's important to note that what works for one brand may not work for the other. Can you talk about kind of key marketing strategies? You, you dove in a little bit about Frandev and working with sales. Can you talk about consumer and Frandev specifically marketing strategies you have for them?
1: So there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to consumer marketing as well as franchise development. Uh, In both cases, um, at the root of it is really educating, whether it's the customer or the franchise prospect on the services that we have available um, and what we wanna provide. So a lot of it has to do with education, whether that's in the form of a podcast, a webinar, even a PowerPoint presentation, whether it's live or recorded, just making sure that we have the materials developed and the collateral and the tools where they can access anything that they might want to read or view about the brand. Um, So again, it's a a lot of it has to do with educating them up front, right? That's like sort of top of funnel. Then as we're driving through the funnel, we want to get engaged with those customers or potential prospects. Um, And there we have, whether it's informational sessions or calls, uh, we have email nurture campaigns that are set up on the consumer side. We have various different programmatic type of advertising running at the same time with different types of calls to action, whether that is you know, getting in touch with someone today, filling out a lead form or a click to call. So we try a lot of different strategies simultaneously because not every customer is the same. Not everyone searches on the website the same or responds to the right call to action at the right time in the same way. And then on the franchise development side, a lot of that is getting the leads to our sales team. And our sales team is amazing at, again, funneling through their process that they have, their sales process making a relationship with the prospect. That's the number one thing in sales, right? Is developing a relationship, whether that is on the Frandev side or even on the franchise marketing side, it's our job to develop relationships with the customer, but also our franchisees. Um, so it's educating, it's that relationship building, it's building that you know engagement along the way. And then at a certain point in time of course that person is going to become a customer or become a franchisee or opt out like this is not for them but through you know the analysis and all of our metrics we can really understand why someone may or may not have engaged with us along the way or dropped off so there's a lot of touch points along the way to make sure we pivot as necessary or 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 keep the funnel open or closed
0: yeah no i like what you said too about how you nurture and engage the customer from When it's originally just a lead, maybe through your website or it's a click that comes in and however the sales team processes it from them being just someone viewing your website to someone being a dedicated customer and client. I think it's awesome that the departments obviously seem to have communication with each other and you seem to have a really good grip on communicating with them as well and making sure that all of this is not only functioning, but easily digestible to cross-functional teams. I think one of the things that a lot of brands run into is that, for example, the marketing team may not understand what sales is doing or vice versa. So being able to communicate that in a way that makes sense and helps the client process along is huge.
1: Yes, that's a great point. You know, marketing had been for a long time separated from other departments. So I felt like early in my career, a couple of decades ago, it was sort of church and state marketing and IT were definitely in silos. You know, I remember I I left a position over 15 years ago, I was in marketing and I didn't have oversight to the digital marketing elements of the company that was with IT and I really wanted that experience. I actually left the franchise or I was at to go to a completely e-commerce company to learn about digital marketing landscape. And now, you know, marketing seat at the table is with IT, with operations, with sales. I I say be careful what you wish for, right? Because now we're a part of every conversation, but we're leading the conversations. I feel like marketing, you know, it, it starts and stops with marketing because everything now is measurable. So we're part of every conversation when it comes to how how the company should spend money on marketing technologies, um, not just on advertising and campaigns and all the, you know, quote, unquote, pretty pictures, right? We do a lot more than that. Um, and we're involved in all of those important business conversations, not just marketing conversations. So it's changed a lot over time. And it's important that we are very, very symbiotic with operations, sales, and IT in order to create the big, you know, the greatest success for the company.
0: Yeah. And I also think that is the coolest move to, if you don't understand something and you're not getting what you need, the fact that you, like you said, went to an e-commerce company to learn the ins and outs is a very, that's just very cool to me. And I think it shows the initiative and the drive that you personally have. But also, like you said, the fact that marketing used to be church and state with other departments is like insane to think about at this point.
1: Yes, I know that was, uh, that was actually 18 years ago. And we've come a long way. I mean, the world has completely changed in terms of how we consume media, how we interact with different types of media platforms. It's it's going so fast, it's hard to keep up. And uh, I, I when I left that company and went to the other one, it was scary. I mean, I dove in and I was like, what am I doing? This may have been the wrong move. And then I realized quickly, I'm just going to have to ingest this information at a high rate. And I was a completely traditional marketer at the time. And I went to a completely digital company. They actually had brought me on because of my traditional experience. They were thinking about potentially expanding the portfolio of what they were doing uh, when it came to advertising and and testing maybe radio, TV, and direct mail. And so they wanted someone with that experience while I was looking to get the other side of it. So I felt like at that point in my career is really when both came together.
0: Oh, that's really cool. It's neat that what they were looking for is what you were skilled in but you were looking for exactly what they were pretty much paving the way doing that's that's funny i like that and we talked about how it is internally what is it like connecting with franchisees from a corporate level corporate standpoint and how has it been to have them adopt strategies at their local level
1: yeah so i've been working with franchisees for a very long time now for over two decades and you know i i have this mentality and i always say franchisee first, put the franchisee first, and then and and, and that's the most important thing for me and, and how I really discuss franchise marketing with my team. We need to make sure that our franchisees understand why we may have made certain decisions to invest the dollars a certain way when it came to marketing programs, but we also get their buy-in. It's really important that franchisees are involved in the process. They bought into a franchise system and they trust the franchise, However, they do want to give input and they should be allowed to because they are, I I always say boots on the street, right? They're there making things happen locally. And we need to make sure that we're not living, you know, they say in this ivory tower where we're not listening to our constituents. So it's really important for us to understand that. And on the flip side of it, there are going to be times where there are campaigns that we need to run, that we feel like it's in the best interest of the system that some franchisees might not agree with. But as the leader and ambassador of the brand, I need to make those decisions and and move forward um, and hopefully gain their trust. I used to work with a CEO that used to say, I'm never going to go into a franchisee's office and tell them what to do. I need to build a relationship first. So if you don't have a relationship with someone, you can't say, you know, or scold them, why aren't you doing this? Or you have to do this. So that's important for me is, is building relationships, whether it's through all of our Add councils that we have through our advertising funds, or one-to-one relationships, or through my marketing team. It's really important for us to be able to do that because if you don't have buy-in in the beginning, you know, even if a campaign does really well in terms of dollars and cents and metrics, franchisees will still remember that you didn't ask for input, and and you definitely don't want that to happen. To add to that, I, I would say one of the biggest if I if I had to use a couple words to to describe that relationship or what I feel is most important, it's probably empathy and collaboration. Definitely being empathetic to the needs of franchisees. I I wrote an article recently um, and I called it "Keep Your Friends Close and Your Franchisees Closer," and I didn't mean at all that franchisees are your enemies. I, I really meant you need to keep franchisees as close as possible because you want to make sure again you're on the same page and. You have their business in your hands and I don't take that lightly and I really want to make them feel like I really understand them and I'm here to serve them. So that's how I approach it.
0: No, I read that article and I thought it was great. And it also having discourse about what it's like to be on a corporate level and what it's like to make sure like you're saying hey, I understand and I'm very aware that you can't go into a franchisee's office without being their friend. Just like how it's a very different thing to say, well, we suggested this marketing strategy and they don't like it, so we're done. It's like, well, what's going on? Is the communication there? Is the suggestion there? Is it a collaborative environment where they feel like you said that you're not in an ivory tower and they can actually have their voice heard when they're saying suggestions and so I think the way that you, in your article, and also here, have approached the conversation between corporate and franchisees is what every brand should be doing.
1: Well, thank thank you for that. Um, I think I've, you know, I've learned over twenty years what not to do. <laughs> so I just, you know, take those lessons and try to make it as effective as possible when we communicate and become franchise marketers and and just remembering who we're serving, you know, obviously we're we're serving our consumers, but we're serving our franchisees first. And, you know, the, the, you brought up when you were talking, you said the word corporate, you know, the, the communication and the relationships we build come from the top down and it's how your company positions itself and that eternal ethos and all of that. And our CEO he said, I don't want to call it corporate anymore. And I don't want to call it the corporate headquarters or HQ. That's mm-hmm. a very institutional type of thing to say. That's off-putting. So he actually renamed our, our corporate location, our franchise support center last year. Oh, wow. And I said, it's hard to get used to saying that, but I thought it was a tremendous idea that he had because it's just, cha- you know, it's changing the conversation that rather than saying here at corporate, when you say that somebody automatically tunes out. Or at HQ. That's automatically off-putting mm-hmm. versus franchise support center. Yeah. We're here to serve you, support you, help you, listen. And we have a lot of councils here, all different types of councils, not just the advertising one. Our franchise advisory councils, we have them on different beta tests when we're trying to roll out a new program, a new IT system. So we keep them very involved intentionally. And then also just have, you know, relationships with them personally.
0: When I think of corporate, I think sometimes in my head, I think of, (laughs) I don't know why, but just kind of stale and cold. And I think that's probably from watching many movies growing up. And then also just, it is kind of a past tense word for a disconnect almost. And so I think when you call it Franchise Support Center, it's inviting and it's comfortable. And it also shows them that you guys are there primarily to support them and to help make their business run and help drive their dreams is what they're doing. And I just think that's great. I know when you and I talked before this, we talked about how the franchisees are giving intangible experiences. And I love that phrase. I love the fact that what they're offering in their day-to-day career is something that goes far and beyond anything you can measure. Can you talk a little bit about those intangible experiences and
1: any success stories that you may have? Yes, definitely. Great question. You know, especially in a service organization, a lot of it's intangible. I, I, I to use that word. It's if you want to call it customer service intangible things like that. We're not selling a product. We're taking care of a loved one. We are helping someone at a stage of their life that's very It could be very serious, very personal, very intimate. uh, And they're bringing in our franchisees and trusting them with their loved one. And that's a really critical point in your life to be able to say, I'm gonna open up my home to you. I'm going to allow you to look at my financials if it's a situation where they're trying to find the right assisted living facility to move into. So in a service organization, it goes well beyond selling a product, a good and a service there's a lot of intangibles related to what we provide when it comes to that and as a marketer then that's even harder to communicate to a customer and that's why we try to do a lot with educational tools and resources it's not to you know bait someone into thinking that we really care we're we're providing these educational tools and services and podcasts because we want to educate them we want them to feel like they have all the information at their disposal to make the right decision, whether that's with us or, or somebody else, and, and they don't work with us. We really truly care. I have the good fortune to work with an amazing group of people um, and all of the brands who have been with the some who have been with the company a really long time and the staff internally really truly care about helping our franchisees and our customers, and then our franchisees just do amazing work. I mean, I hear stories all the time from franchisees who, especially during COVID, who were doing things that were unimaginable to me in terms of going the extra mile to assist people that were in their homes that didn't have anybody visiting them um, and and them going there and doing things that just were, um, again, above and beyond. And and it, it goes to, you know, getting groceries, driving them places, like doing things that, you know, they no longer had care for or help for. And we were pitching in and doing things, going that extra mile.
0: That's really inspiring. And I think it's a, like I said, testament to the brands themselves, but also the people that you have as franchisees and the fact that day-to-day and for their entire professions, they want to be helping and going the extra mile. COVID was one of the biggest challenges ever. And especially for people who are your clientele, I can only imagine how it felt to be in a space where you didn't know what was going to happen and where you didn't know where your next care was going to be. And so it's really great to hear that the franchisees went out of their way, even for what they're doing in a daily basis to make sure in a time of need and a time of crisis and trauma that their clients were taken care of.
1: Yes. I mean, anyone in the healthcare space during COVID, just, I, I give them all the props in the world. I, I I can't even imagine what they had to go through. And that obviously affected everyone that worked in hospitals and doctors and nurses. But it affected, of course, all the caregivers, all of these franchisees that were trying to help people even during these extenuating circumstances that they had to deal with. Um, and they just did an amazing job. And and I, again, give them all the credit. They're an amazing group of of franchisees. So
0: we talked a little bit about this. What is it like being both a team leader internally and then also a brand leader?
1: So I I think of it as being an ambassador for the brand, but also an ambassador for my team. I'm trying to be always like their biggest cheerleader, but also training and coaching and mentoring and explaining and trying to really help them understand why we're going in a specific direction or we're making a a, a specific decision. Uh, So again, I, I try to put myself in their shoes and understand where they're coming from, especially on the franchisee side. Uh, Really it being as empathetic as possible. I used that word before, but that's really important to me is that I want them to know that I really do care. I care about them growing professionally. Uh, I care about my team growing. I want them to learn. I put my team in situations that I always say, I'm definitely the, the person that pushes people out of their comfort zone. I believe that everyone can push themselves a lot further than they think they can. And if they don't think they can, I do. So I want to show them that they definitely have that potential. Um, One of my favorite sayings is, the only boundaries are those you choose to live within. I had a high school coach that told me that once, and I I say that all the time. You can push yourself much, much further than you think you can. And, And I say that to my team all the time. And franchisees who are already pushing themselves far, it's for us to be there to support them and help them. And again, making sure that we're investing not only the dollars wisely to help drive their revenue, but developing programs to make their life easier. Um, so I like to think of on that side of it is, if I'm not helping them grow their business and drive their revenue, I'd better be helping them make their lives easier and give them tools to succeed. If neither one of those are happening, then there's no reason to be doing the specific program that we're doing. Um, so I keep my team in check with those, that kind of, um, mentality, but I'm here as their coach, their mentor, their teammate, my team, I tell them there's nothing that I asked them for that I wouldn't do. Um, so, you know, I, I'm, again, I'm here for their, for coaching and, and as a, a team member.
0: I love that. I love the fact that coach mentor team member, but also it's really important to note you are checking in all the time about how it is affecting them. And I think that's some brands can't say that. And so brand leaders that can check in and be aware of how different strategies or different levels of communication are affecting not only their franchisees, but also the team members close to them have a really good head on their shoulders because it's important. If something's not working, you have to pivot. And also if someone doesn't believe in themselves, why is that? Is it because the strategy isn't conveyed well, or is it because they're nervous personally? So, making sure to have a line of communication at all times, and also encouragement that doesn't feel pressured or random, is great. And I think that makes for a comfortable and also exciting and inviting work environment.
1: Yes, you know, good point. And I, I also really believe in. I, I guess it maybe it comes from my my family, and we're a bunch of oversharers for sure. Um, and I'm half Italian and, uh, you know, a lot of emotion and sharing and caring and talking and discussing and, but being there for each other all the time, that's where I, where I come from that type of family and upbringing and having a lot of integrity in what you do. But again, being there for each other, you know, that's the most, you know, that's, that's really important for me personally, whether it's, you know, you say you're a servant leader or a transformational leader, there's all types of leadership styles but to me, it's like showing up, being there for people, really genuinely caring, not just saying it, but showing that you care. It sounds so easy, but it's a lot of people don't do it. And I I try to every day. And again, I don't like drama. I don't like not talking things through when there's an issue. I think I'm pretty observant. And when there's an issue with my team, even if we're not physically together, you you could tell. And to me, I try to nip it in the bud really quickly and say, okay, can we please discuss this? I, I don't like having drama uh, personally and professionally. So it, let's discuss it, let's move on. Even with franchisees, a franchisee sends an email. I, I know they're upset. I say to my team, we have to pick up the phone and call them. An email, this is just gonna get worse and spiral really mm-hmm. badly in email. Pick up the phone, let's talk it through. And you know, it's always better to have a conversation than, than hide behind words uh, in an email. So that's how I try to, I think, lead Lead and be a part of a great team.
0: I'm the same way. My mom's side is Italian, and I always remember her saying growing up. She would always say to me, "You have to know who you would go to the wall for. You, you have to know who you'd go who you bat for." And as I grew older, of course, that extended starts with family. It goes to friends, but then even in my work environment, I would do anything for my team. And that also means I, I'm not passive aggressive. I don't I don't like drama either. And if there's something that can be solved, why not work together to solve it? And if, if you don't, then there's an issue. But if you can be empathetic also in times of crisis or in times of confusion, I think as long as everyone shows up, knows who they're going to bat for and why they're going to bat for them, it comes back to the brand and beliefs. That's the best you can
1: do. And when your team members, your colleagues and your franchisees know that, And know that you're there for them and they trust you i mean that that's something that's built over time and i understand it when coming into any new organization and i've been here for a year and a half but just coming in they were like oh gosh okay here's here's a new marketing person what is she going to say to us immediately it was like distrust because it's just they don't know me so i i i totally get that so i almost feel that like as a challenge And I say, challenge accepted, like I'm, I'm ready for it. And I'm going to get, I'm going to get you to like me. I'm going to get you to trust me, you know, and to trust and to know me will be to like me. And and we're going to be on the same page. It's not always going to be, you know, unicorns and rainbows. We have to make tough decisions. And sometimes I need to be the bad guy, but I can respect someone. And I know they can respect me if I give them reasoning behind the decision, you know, that's, that's when we have the best relationships with franchisees. It's a mutual respect. And we can move forward, even though we may have disagreed. It's like, okay, you know what? That's okay. Agree to disagree. That's saying, you know, I love it. And then let's move on. And it's in the best interest of everyone. And, and that's how I, I I try to live, how I, you know, focus on things moving forward with the team and, and the franchisees.
0: Exactly. And of course, it's never going to be 100%. It's never always going to be great. And there's going to be times when, like you said, You'll have to make tough decisions and you'll have to have tough conversations, but it comes down to everything always comes back to trust and communication. And it sounds like you guys really have that at Best Life Brands. And I think that's great.
1: We definitely try. We have a great, like I said, a great group of people um, and leadership team, and it definitely flows down through the ranks. And that's what we try to do here. I mean, when you say Best Life Brands and just the, those words, right, live your best life possible, that's really focused on everything our employees, our our teammates, our franchisees.
0: Awesome. And what can we expect from Best Life Brands in 2023?
1: So we're going to continue to focus on supporting our franchisees, helping them drive revenue, making their lives as easy as possible. Um, I'm really excited about some new marketing technologies that we're looking at really creating some efficiencies for our franchise system, as well as innovations in terms, in just in terms of Mm -hmm. the industry, um, whether it comes to AI and chat GPT, I mean, everybody's talking about how it's going to affect our business. So I'm doing a lot of research with my team and understanding how we can use it, how we can incorporate it into some of our current marketing plans, uh, as well as how we can provide education to our franchisees on how they might want to use some of these new emerging technologies artificial intelligence and so it'll be interesting to see how we can work them into our legacy systems but also create some new platforms moving forward uh, and it's you know as I you know I said before in terms of baby boomers you know approaching their 80s soon it, we just have more and more customers. Um, and so we're just making sure that we have the right franchisees in place. We're going to continue to expand our footprint. We're at 550 franchisees right now across four brands. We have aggressive goals to continue to grow and service our franchisees and making sure that we keep them you know, first and happy and focused and my team focused. And I'm really excited. It's going to be a, a great year. And Best Life Brands is, is definitely poised for success.
0: Well, this sounds great. And we're so excited to see what Best Life Brands does in the coming year and beyond. Thank you for sharing with us what makes it so different and exciting. And I'm just really glad we were able to have you on the show, Jennifer. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Mary, so much. And you know what? It's just always fun to talk about marketing, to talk about leadership and, and Best Life Brands. It's a wonderful company and it's just my pleasure. So thank you again.
0: Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. You already know I'd love to talk shop about what insights were your favorite. For those of you that don't know us yet, Ularity is the world's most efficient local marketing platform. Using machine learning and automation, our state-of-the-art technology simplifies the complex world of developing and executing digital marketing programs, all for a flat and transparent fee. Our technology-based SaaS software-as-a-service Model is a fraction of the cost of traditional vendors. Check us out at ularity.com, E U L E R I T Y.com, and keep an eye out for our next episode of the Darwinian Times Survival of the nimblest Stay safe, stay happy, talk soon.